As a business and leadership mentor, wife, and mom, I know that building a legacy business as a high-performing female entrepreneur can be overwhelming when you play many demanding roles in your life. But you know what? It doesn't have to be that way. You can be a powerful, high performer in your career, plus enjoy a fulfilling marriage and be a great mom all at the same time. Join me and my guests every week to get the inside scoop on what it really looks like to build a high growth business while living a life truly aligned with your family and personal values. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Built to Last show. I am like honestly ecstatic for our guest today because we're going to talk about money, but we're going to talk about more than just the mindset around money or the wealth consciousness around money. We're going to talk about as real true business owners, what does it mean to manage your money? What does it mean to create real wealth? What does it mean to look at the actual numbers and the facts behind the scenes in our business and be really knowledgeable about those numbers. Um, I'm so excited to have you with us, Melissa. I've got Melissa Houston with us today. She's a founder of the Fractional CFO Agency. So welcome to the show, Melissa. Oh, thank you so much, Megan. I am so excited to be here today and talk about money. I know. (laughs) Well, let's go ahead and dive right in. Actually, before we dive right in, I would love for you to share with our listeners a little bit about your background. Um, where did you get started? Where did all your experience to be able to coach people around money and work with people on money? Where does that come from? Absolutely. So being an accountant is actually my second career. So my first career, I started out in social work and I did that for about six years. And I realized as much as I loved it, and I truly did love that work. If I was going to get married and have a family, which is what I wanted, it would be high burnout, right? So I I figured, okay, it's time to go back to school and find a different path that I'll be able to sustain while I have a family. And for whatever reason, I chose business. Actually, not for whatever reason. For whatever reason is more about why I chose accounting. The business I'd always been drawn to is very uh, good at it. Um, always excelled at it in school. So I thought, okay, this is what I want to do. And as much as I enjoyed it, I had to find a major. So I just pulled accounting out of there, I think, because my sister had majored in accounting and had done pretty well. So anyways, um, started in that career path, worked in uh, the corporate world for about 20 years, but knew something was missing, right? I knew like probably five years into my career that it wasn't quite for me. And I knew that through the experience that I had in the corporate world and working in public accounting, um, when I was meeting business owners and project managers and talking to them about their finances, I could see a huge gap in what they knew about managing the finances on the project side or the business side versus what we knew. And I really wanted to help bridge that gap because money is such an emotionally charged topic, right? There's so many emotions that are tied to money and tied to financial results of your business that I combined my social working skills with my money skills. And now I do a lot of coaching one-on-one and fractional CFO work with my clients to help them create a really strong relationship with the money and a strong, like just using their numbers so that they can improve their business. I love it. Okay. So let's, let's dive into some of the personal nitty gritty. 
Uh, because I think a lot of women I was, I was sharing um, with you earlier before we got on the call, I have a very similar story when it comes to money and debt and managing the household finances and communicating that with your spouse. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, I don't think we see a lot of women in business who have a great deal of shame around debt. Uh, mm-hmm. And also sometimes even hiding that from the spouse. And then in the back of their mind, they're outgrowing their business and they're trying to help people. They're trying to make money to grow their business. But then in the back of their mind, there's all this shame around, but I have loads of debt. Um, And that can prevent some people from taking their business to the next level. Do you mind sharing with us a little bit about your story around the debt that you found yourself in and then kind of like your comeback because you're no longer in that debt anymore. So it's absolutely possible um, to get to the other side of that. Yeah, I'd love to share this story because um, it helps so many people, right? And the reason I share this is so that people understand that your mistakes don't define you. So I was in a position where I think about um, 10 years ago, maybe now, where I, I was feeling really not satisfied with my career choice, right? So this all ties in together. And without dealing with that, because I was very much like, had a great job, basically the golden handcuffs, why would I leave my job? Because I wanted to pursue something on my own when it, you know, I had steady income, I had a great pension plan, blah, 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 the list goes on, right? So without dealing with that feeling of really wanting to explore my options, I stuffed it. And then when we, what happens when we stuff it is, you know, it kind of comes out some sort of different way. And I started spending money. And at first I didn't notice it. You know, I was like, you know, weekends away with the girlfriends going on shopping trips. And then I noticed, you know, it would feel good to come back with all this stuff. Right. And then it would fade. And then I would like, okay, start shopping online. And, you know, I would shop for things for myself. And then it blew up to, you know, like Pinterest and, you know, looking at all these beautiful homes. Okay. I needed one of those to make myself feel better. And, you know, the stuff would come in and it was making me feel better. And then I noticed that, you know, I was starting to run out of money at the end of the month to pay off my credit cards. So I knew intellectually that as a CPA, especially, and being in personal and business finance for so many years, I knew what I was doing was wrong, but I continued to do it. Okay. And it just, I was hooked on that feeling of, you know, making things feel good, making feel, and it escalated to the point where, you know, I convinced my husband to install a swimming pool. So going from like zero debt to over a hundred thousand dollars worth of, you know, going through that credit. And that happened within a year. Like I was out of control. So I hid a lot of that money um, or that credit that I was using from my husband. So he really had no idea. He knew in the sense that, hey, why are so many packages coming to the door? Or can we really afford this swimming pool? Like what's going on here? But I kept lying and assuring him it's going to be okay. We're fine. Don't worry about it. I've got a great job, blah, 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 right? The lies. So, you know, looking back on it, you know, obviously hindsight's twenty twenty. But when I got to the point where I got caught and there was no more credit to blow through and didn't have the means to pay off this money, um, and we had to go to the bank and you know move some money around and such, and because we have joint assets, I had to come clean with him. I was very 
hit by the fact that I had disappointed him so deeply, right? Like I remember being in the bank and him looking at me like just for me, that was my bottom, right? Yeah. I was like, I am never going to do this again. So at the time, I didn't realize why I was doing it. So I I explored for about two years trying to figure out, get to know myself, get to know what was going on. Why did I allow this? Because I'm a smart, intelligent person. I am trained in this area, yet I allowed myself to get in a situation that put us behind financially and definitely could have ruined my marriage Mm -hmm. because it was financial infidelity, which by the way, is a very, very, very difficult label to be carrying. Mm. But, you know, so going through that experience helped me to come to realization that I needed to be true to myself, but it was definitely a journey and a journey worthwhile. It's unfortunate how it happened, but I am grateful for everything I've learned from it. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, you know, which brings up, obviously you're married, I'm married. Um, I was sharing with you before we pressed record and I'll just share it now. So our listeners can also hear that. Um, my husband and I have been married for 13 years. We've been together for 15 and prior to the very beginning of 2021, I never really, I did not handle our finances at all. He was Mm -hmm. the one who had the relationship with the accountant. He was the one getting everything ready for taxes. He was the one submitting that. Uh, He was the one who knew all about credit cards and the balances. And at that time, when when we first got married, I was a teacher. So salary is not really high. Um, Mm -hmm. He's 11 years older than me. So when we came into the marriage, we both brought credit cards with us. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but then I started trying to build my own business and I was investing in all these things and it really wasn't going anywhere. And then just for us, it was very like slowly over time, it just started accumulating and accumulating. And we never had a plan ever to actually pay it off. And it was just kind of like this thing where it was there all the time that there was a lot of debt. And we also felt really bad about it. And we felt, we kind of felt shame around it. And we would always talk about paying it off never happened. And it would just Mm. keep slowly creeping up until ultimately we were over a hundred K in debt between the pair of us. And Mm. then when I started working with a financial coach, I realized, wow, we've had debt our entire adult lives. And never once have we had a plan to pay it off. Yeah. There's never, there was never a plan to pay it off. And there were conversations, but there were not conversations about deciding this is how we're going to shift the way that we're operating in our lives so mm-hmm. that this the priority is to reduce the debt. And then we completely switched roles in our household, where now I oversee 100% of the finances in the business and the personal. And I know that in a marriage, two people don't always see money in the same way. Um, mm-hmm. My husband, it's one of his biggest stressors, which mm-hmm. I didn't even know as a wife, when he was running the money, it made better sense for me to be managing it because it's not a big stressor for me. I imagine you see this a lot with your clients where mm-hmm. you, maybe you're working with the husband or the wife, but mm-hmm. when it comes to money, you have to have such open lines of communication. And I think sometimes we feel like we have to tiptoe around the subject if we're not quite sure how to start talking about that. So mm-hmm. what did you learn from your experience? How did you and your husband change the way that you communicate with each other about money so that you're both always aware of the plan, the goals, how much you even have access to, how you're making big financial decisions. How did that change and what does it look like now? 
Okay. So when we first met, we were very financially oriented, right? We had those conversations. We had planned out what we wanted to achieve financially in life. So having money conversations for us was really easy. Now, when I went off the rails and, you know, got into this situation, I didn't realize I'm, you know, like your husband, money is a huge stressor for my husband, where I live in a situation where I'm like, I always think, you know, it'll work out. Right. So we had very different views on money. And I did not realize how stressed he was about the whole situation that I'd gotten myself into until, you know, I'd gotten into it and we started communicating. And absolutely, a lot of trust from him was lost because of that. So changing our attitudes, like, you know, I thought that we were on the same page financially, but we really weren't because we had different attitudes about it and, you know, had different emotions around it. So now it's, I respect more of his sensitivity towards, um, you know, a shortage of, of money. And he respects more, um, you know, that I need, you know, material things or, or I have different um, type of goals than maybe he would align himself with right now, where he would be like, he would travel the world to save 10 cents where I'm like, you know, let's just, not save that 10 cents for convenience, you know, like right. we d- we definitely have different mindsets about that, but um, now we come together and we talk about it. Right. So it's more like, okay, if I need, you know, to invest in a program for biz- for business, which we all know can be very expensive. I have the respect to go and talk to him instead of just making that decision. Right. Where is and, and he'll walk through the emotions and feelings about it and know where we're standing financially mm-hmm. and just sort of coming together and working together and opening that communication up mm-hmm. for sure. At the beginning, there were a lot of trust issues. I, I would say it took him at least a good year to start feeling like I was no longer putting ourselves in jeopardy. Yeah. You know, so it, it definitely took work. Yeah. And I applaud you for getting involved in your finances. And because I see that so often with relationships where women, especially women business owners who are letting their husbands take care of all the finances. And even in their business, the husband doesn't do anything in their business other than take care of the finances, which to me is a huge mistake because you as a business owner need to understand your finances to make you a better business owner. Yeah. So I applaud you for, for getting more involved. Yeah. And I love it too. I love it. And I think we see that so often with women in business who were also in a marriage where maybe their husband even had, maybe they are in a job where that is what they do. And so it's like, well, he's just more knowledgeable, but mm-hmm. then you're so disempowered in your business yes. as a businesswoman, And you're so unaware. Uh, so I really, I've really enjoy it. And I think sometimes women think that it's this big, scary thing mm-hmm. uh, that they don't understand, but the mm-hmm. minute that you get educated on it, and you understand it. And look, I have a business degree. I took accounting. I took econ. My mom was an accounting coach. I mean, accounting teacher um, for high schoolers. I took accounting from her in high school. So it's not like I didn't understand it, but it was like, we make it this big, bad wolf, but it's really not. And it's actually quite enjoyable. So when it comes to being a business owner, obviously you are working behind the scenes with a lot of business owners around the category of their finances. Will you share with us some of the most important numbers and figures 
that a business owner needs to be extremely aware of at all times in their business, mm-hmm. even when they might have a bookkeeper and or an accountant and or someone who is helping them with their taxes and or even a, a financial advisor. You know, we hear a lot of business owners who say, well, oh, my bookkeeper takes care of this. Oh, my mm-hmm. accountant takes care of this. But what numbers as a business owner do we still need to be really on top of? Do we still need to be tracking when it comes to the financial department of our own company? This is such a good question and so many layers to it. I have so many responses. So the first one is profit. I cannot be any clearer. Profit, profit, profit. And so many business owners I see and I've worked with have no idea if their business is even profitable. So you definitely need to be in your business to understand what's going on. Now, I would love to address the fact that if you've got a bookkeeper and accountant that you're you're working with, we need to understand, and quite often this is so confused among business owners, a bookkeeper is there to do data entry and data entry alone, right? They are not experienced or qualified or um, educated in order to, or that's typically not the role that they would be educated in to look at your financials and offer you guidance and support on them, right? It is a data entry. They have to follow the rules of gap in order to do their job correctly, but it kind of ends there. And if you've got an accountant that you're working with and you're just sending their, your records to quarterly or just once a year, your accountant has been engaged with you just to review your books in a tax perspective, right? They're going to tell you how much you owe in tax installments. They're going to tell you how much you owe on your tax return at the end of the year. So they're not looking at your day-to-day management of the company. So it's super important to have that that knowledge and understanding of what your business numbers are throughout the year on a daily basis. Because I always say that if you don't know what's going on in your business financially, you are not making the best decisions for your business, right? If you don't understand how your decisions are affecting your profitability, that is a red flag. You need to start understanding those numbers. So, and looking at different KPIs within your business, it's going to be very individual for the business. So when I get asked this question, I always say profit first, look at what your profit is and make sure that your profit margins are tight. Those are absolutely without a doubt what you should be looking at in your business. And then you look at other things that maybe are not going as well in your business that you want to strengthen. So there's ways that you can measure things through KPIs and, you know, measured over time to see if you're improving or if the matter is getting worse or just stagnant. But there's so much knowledge you can get from looking at your numbers. If you just put aside the, and and I don't mean to sound this simplistic, but, you know, one of the things that I see so often from my clients, the first thing they tell me, I'm overwhelmed. I'm ashamed. I'm scared. I don't want to look at the results and I get it, right? I do get it. And sometimes it can be hard, but what we have to do is we have to learn how to separate that emotion from, from the actual numbers because business is about evolving business about is about 
making profit and you're always going to involve and strive for better and more. Like you're always refining your business to make it better, more efficient, you know, all that stuff. So if you, if you learn to take the emotions out of it and just look at the numbers for the feedback that it's telling you, these numbers are gold. They don't lie. And they're the only truthful thing that's going to tell you what's going on in your business and tell you, you need to fix this, or you need to capitalize on this if things are going well. Yeah. And, you know, uh, when I really got a handle on my personal and business finances and taxes and all of those things and started managing that in our household and in our business, you know, two of the first things, two of the words I would use to describe the feeling I had, because again, it, we build it up like it's this very scary emotional thing, but mm-hmm. I felt so aware. It gave me a new level of awareness, which to your point, if you're unaware, you are actually not making aligned decisions. And where I noticed we weren't making aligned decisions was with our own core values as human beings, as a family, as a partnership in our household and in our business. And when we really sat down and looked at it, I was like, wow, we're doing spending, but it was like unconscious spending. And it's like, well, we have the money let's just go do this. And then when we sat down and evaluated, well, now that we know where all the money is going, is it actually aligned with our values? And sometimes I, I, well, at least for us, things were not actually messy at all in the business side. It was mm-hmm. the personal side. Mm-hmm. Everything was just sort of like, we didn't even know what we had going on on the personal side because there's money in the account. Let's go like do what we want to do. Or we don't feel like cooking Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Let's just go out to eat. But one of our core values is health and well-being. But then we're spending all this money on going out to eat things that were not necessarily the best for our health. And so mm-hmm. it increased my level of awareness. And then I then the second one was I felt empowered. Yes. And I felt I empowered that. to make those decisions. So I I hope our stories are helping motivate people to go take a look at those numbers and wrap their hands around it. Um, And I know something that you and I really share in terms of our viewpoint of business, you know, both of us are in kind of the online space. We work with a lot of consultants and coaches and service-based online entrepreneurs and lots of different fields and genres. And one of the things that we are heavily marketed to in the business building industry and space, it's all about, I'm going to show you how to make more revenue. I'm going to show you how to make more money. There's almost like this um, brainwashing effect. And so then business owners coming in, they think like the only thing I need to be focusing on is making more money. And I know that you also teach people that it's not just about making more revenue. It's about learning how to manage the money that you currently have. And you can actually make more and have more and not even generate greater levels of revenue. Can you kind Mm -hmm. of break that down for us and, and help? people understand what that what that actually means. I'm so glad you brought this up because it's such an important piece of information for business owners to understand, right? And I'll throw out a stat. 82% of businesses fail due to financial mismanagement, right? So if you can manage your business finances, if you take that time to invest and learn and grow as a business owner, you can like you've just increased the odds of keeping your business in business for years to come. Now getting to the point of, you know, people saying, okay, if your money, you know, you've got a money crunch here, just go out and make more money. Get that cash infusion. Do this, do that. 
that doesn't work because if you've got money leaks going on in your business or your personal finances and you're not addressing them, the money is just going to leak out. It's a, it's a band-aid solution that you cannot sustain over time, right? And so often I hear people bragging about their, you know, seven-figure launches or their seven-figure businesses or whatever's going on. And my first reaction to that is that does not impress me. I need to see your profits right? Because that is where the gold is. The profit is what you get to keep for yourself at the end of the day, after you've paid your taxes on that profit. And I have been in, you know, in this space for over 20 years, and I have seen multiple seven-figure businesses go under due to financial mismanagement, right? So you can be making millions of dollars a year, but if you're not making profit on that millions of dollars a year, your business will fail. You cannot continue to grow your business if you're not growing it through profit, right? Eventually the capital resources dry out, which is the cash or the cash infusions and stuff. And you can no longer sustain operating that business because you're running on fumes, right? There's nothing left in the tank. So it's really important to invest that time to understand so look under the hood, so to speak, of your car, understand what's going on in your business and be that business owner that wants to see their business succeed. Yeah. Yeah. So what's the difference between making money and having money and sales and revenue versus building real wealth? I don't, oh, I don't there, think people yeah. really understand the difference. You know, it, they don't. And it's funny because I wrote a Forbes article and it was, um, what was it titled? Your salary does not make you rich. And I had so many hits on it, right? And it spoke to the fact that you can make a ton of money, but that is not going to make you rich. What makes you wealthy is how you invest that money that you're making. So whether this is through your personal, um, you know, personal finances or your business finances, essentially you can look at it the same way and say, okay, so if I'm making a lot of money, but my expenses are going out the door just as quickly as they're coming in, I'm not investing my money. And that's where the wealth is. When you start taking that money and investing it and letting your money make money for you, Mm -hmm. that is the sweet spot. So rich people know that secret. They know that when they're making a lot of money, they invest their money in the stock market or, you know, real estate or, um, you know, what have you like solid, tangible investments. And often in the online space, we hear invest in yourself invest in yourself. And I agree to a certain point, you definitely need to invest in yourself, but you need to invest in yourself the right way. So that, you know, for example, if you learn about finances, you're investing in that information. And then what you do with that information is you start growing your net worth. Mm -hmm. So there's a very big difference between how much money you make, whether it's through salary or your business income versus how much money you actually own. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It does make sense, which leads me to this question. At what point does someone, at what point is it a good idea for someone to start investing in other things where their money is working for them? And I'll be more specific about that. Let's say that someone is in the position where they're $50,000 in debt or $100,000 in debt. Mm-hmm. And I know everybody has their own like opinion, probably even in the financial world about this. Mm-hmm. But if someone is in debt heavily, like you were, mm-hmm. like I was, mm-hmm. at what point do you start investing in wealth building? Is it while you're still in debt? 
Do you pay off the debt first? Do you get out of debt? At what point does that make sense for someone to do? It's a really good question, right? And it's all going to depend on what your interest rate is, right? A lot of people don't understand or they don't think about how much it costs to carry this debt, right? So if you've got $50,000 worth of credit card debt, and that's possible, and you're paying a 20% interest rate, that is incredibly difficult to sustain. But if you're able to transfer for that credit card debt into a lower interest paying, you know, um, borrowing vehicle, that makes much more sense. So I'll use my case, for example, where we were able to refinance the house to, to, to cover that, that money that I used in credit. Um, so we're still, we're just transferring credit from a high interest loan to a lower interest loan. Right. Mm-hmm. So, but that saved us thousands and thousands of dollars in interest payments. So now we have the situation, do we focus on building our wealth or do we focus on paying off this extra mortgage debt that we've accumulated? And because mortgage debt right now, mortgage rates are super low, it didn't make a whole lot of sense to just put all that money back into paying off the mortgage, where now we have a more balanced approach where we're still investing in higher interest paying Um, investment vehicles, and we're still working on paying the house at the same time. So every situation is going to be different, but you have to be strategic about how you're going to approach that and pay it back. Yeah. So again, this is another demonstration that you really need to know your numbers and you need to be on top of your numbers because there's not just one right answer for everybody. The answer is it depends and you need to be really well aware what your numbers are. Yeah. And, and the key is, I mean, so many people look at, okay, I'm in debt. I'm just going to refinance my house. Right. And I see that a lot in, in my work. And the key is that you need to stop the spending, right? It's not a solution to just refinance your house. I mean, we are in, you know, crazy times right now with real estate where the the value of your house is appreciating so quickly and the mortgage rates are so low that it's great to use your house as an investment vehicle, but you have to also remember that interest rates will go up again. Houses will stop appreciating at the levels that they're appreciating, appreciating at right now. And if you're using your house as an ATM, that will dry up. So you need to be prepared. You need to be strategic about how you're spending your money and what kind of financial situation you want for yourself in five years when, if in fact, the rates start going up, right? So it's, it's a balance of activity, but the main thing is stop spending more money than you're making. Exactly. I love that. I think that is like a great place for us to end. I hope that this episode, and I trust that this episode has either woken people up has motivated or inspired, especially women to really take a good look at their finances to number three, to be much more involved with their finances. And I'm also going to say number four, I think that again, when we're in this sort of like business building industry in this online space, there are so many messages out there about your desires and wealth consciousness and you shouldn't be depriving yourself. And if you're talking about living below your means, then you actually have poor wealth consciousness. I think there are so many misguided pieces of information out there. And a lot of Mm -hmm. folks are falling for it simply because they're just not educated around what you bring to the table. So Mm -hmm. if you're hearing this 
And, you know, you want to get more educated around finances. You want someone to hold your hand. You want someone to help you set up the proper financial structures so that you can manage that in your own company. Melissa, tell, tell everyone how they can get in touch with you and where they can find out more information about you and the way that you work with people. Absolutely. So I work with people one-on-one and I work also uh, a done-for-you service. So you can find me at melissahoustoncpa.com and you can also find me at thefractionalcfoagency.com. If you're looking to follow me on social media, I'm on LinkedIn at Melissa Houston CPA and on Instagram at Melissa Houston CPA as well. Awesome. Thank you so much. This was a fabulous conversation that definitely deserves more airtime. So we might have to go, we might have to talk about it. We might have to have a round two and go even deeper on this subject matter. Thank you so much for being on our show today, Melissa. And thank thank you you so much for having me. And thank you so much for shining a light on the importance of managing your, your finances. Yeah. It's a big one. It's a big one. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into the built to last show. If you're loving the show and have gotten any value out of it for your business and life, would you mind doing two things? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Our listener reviews helps us get more visibility and reach more people just like you. Help us make a difference for more entrepreneurs by helping them grow their businesses in a way that aligns with their life, family, and core values. Thank you so much for being part of our community and tuning into the show each week.